All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome into the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd. It is day 52 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. He is former NHL netminder and current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing? Man, I feel great. I'm ready for hockey tonight. The sun's shining. We got plenty to get to. NHL awards last night as well. Pretty cool little segue, a little moment outside of the game, right? So plenty for us to discuss today. Yeah, pretty awesome to be in the theater as the NHL awards were handed out. Definitely uh, a little bit sweaty there in a suit uh, heading over to it. Uh, it took me like half the show to just to stop sweating, but that Feels like a personal problem, uh, probably not should, for uh, show discussion. But uh, let's you should have consulted Austin seconds. Matthews. <laughs> Wide uh, open chest. Well, you should have talked to him. <laughs> yeah, there's zero chance I could pull that off. But uh, hey, look, uh, at least I have some better hair. I can say that. Uh, let's throw two minutes and thirty seconds up on the clock, and let's drop the puck with Game Four of the Stanley Cup Final, which goes tonight here in Tampa, and. You know, it's really funny to say this, Mike, but it feels like a must win for the Colorado Avalanche. Part of that is due to their recent history. When you look at the way that they were booted from the playoffs last season against the Vegas Golden Knights, they were up or won the first two games of that series by an 11 to 2 margin. They won the first two games of this series by an 11 to 3 margin, and yet Last year, they lost four straight to the Vegas Golden Knights and bowed out of the playoffs. In this case, if they were to go back to Denver based on the way the first two games played out, Mike, it would, even though the series is tied, it would probably feel like in some ways they're trailing 
based on the significant advantage that they gave up. In some ways, I can feel that. And I, I know that series well last year, you know, having covered the Golden Knights as it progressed. And in, it really looked like Colorado just lost themselves on the ice and weren't ready to handle the moment. And this year, I haven't seen that as often. The third period in game two, it felt like that when things just got out of hand for the Avalanche. But that's kind of been the fleeting moment of it for them this season. And um, I, I don't see game four as a real must win for the Avalanche or need to win, really. Like, They've been strong enough and rebounded in opportunities this year. I do think though, that they want to go back three to one because obviously you go back with that type of lead and, and you got plenty of bullets in the chamber to finish off a team. But two to two in a series against Tampa with Tampa gaining momentum and Tampa figuring out how to play against the Avalanche, Frank, that's what's worrisome to me because you saw changes to Tampa's game. They were much better at getting to middle of the ice in game three. They were much better at breaking out of their zone by flipping pucks and pushing back the Colorado defense. These little adjustments were in favor of Tampa. So um, I, I think for Colorado, they've got to stick to their guns and, and also looking at potentially you know, having a few more bodies or at least one body back in the lineup and Nazem Kadri, that could make a big difference down the middle for the uh, Colorado Avalanche and how they're able to match up, especially on road on the road against Tampa. Yeah, Jared Bednar this morning at Amelie Arena would not say whether Kadri is playing or not. Sources say to expect or a strong likelihood that Kadri will play. He was certainly practicing like that. Uh, as we saw at the rink on the days in between games three and four. And who will start in net? Uh, we'll get to that mm. a little bit later in our blue paint segment. But for all the reasons you mentioned, Mike, it feels like win one game for the Colorado Avalanche, win the Stanley Cup. I don't, maybe that's hyperbole. Maybe it's not. But if you're able to go back to Denver with a three to one series lead, and to put a skate to the throat of the two-time defending champs, no one's really been able to do at this point. Other teams have been in a spot where they can, you know, back the lightning up to the brink. No one's really done it. You know, the the Leafs had their chance. Certainly the New York Rangers had their chance. You know, until someone does it, I, I feel like it's one of those things too. continue to count out the lightning at your own peril. Some big mm -hmm. news across the state, across Alligator Alley on Wednesday, and that is that the Florida Panthers are closing in on hiring Paul Maurice as their next coach. He spent the last nine years behind the bench of the Winnipeg Jets before departing the organization in December because he felt like at the time, he wasn't able to get the results that the team needed in order to be successful. He is fourth all-time in games coached in the NHL, nearly 1,700 games behind a bench. He is someone that certainly would be stepping into a team in Florida that's really interesting. President's Trophy winner, 122 points last season and has some significant questions to answer this summer. What do you think about Paul Maurice? It's a dream fit for a coach to be able to come in and take a team that's sort of knocking on the door and see if you can be the guy that gets them over the top. But what do you think about the fit between Maurice also taking over a team, uh, you know, not all that dissimilar to the one that he had in Winnipeg and that there's a lot of firepower there, but they probably need a little bit more help structurally and defensively. Yeah, I think the key part to it, like you said, was that this is an opportunity that you don't want to pass up as a coach. I mean, Florida wins the president's trophy. They've they by all purposes should be contending for a Stanley Cup next year again. And I think for Paul Maurice, 
basically seeming like he got burnt out with Winnipeg and that team not responding to him and stepping away. It was saying, okay, I just want to step back and reevaluate things. And I'm not convinced that he was going to coach again right away until something like this comes up that makes you think, man, I can't pass this up. This up. Cause look at his resume, 25 years as a head coach and he's 55 years old, Frank, and he doesn't have a Stanley cup. He's come close before. And he's walked into situations before. I don't think we're the best to win. Right. I mean, Hartford, no chance. Had to build that program. Toronto, same thing. Even coming back to Carolina the second time, that wasn't quite the same club. And Winnipeg, he had to build it out, too. So this is ready to go. Now, from a fit standpoint, can he help Florida play a more well-rounded game? Not just an offensive juggernaut. Can he get them to defend a little bit better? Um, Can he get them to one and also get them to to convert on the power play, man. Like we saw that go away in the playoffs. That's part of it. He has that experience in playoffs. And I found it interesting, Frank, that um, you also noted that Andrew Burnett uh, has a chance of sticking around, just not as the head coach. So I'll be interested to see who rounds out the staff for Paul Maurice in Florida. Well, we know one guy that's sticking around is Tuomo Rutu. As I reported Mm -hmm. this morning, the Florida Panthers are expected to offer Burnett The interim coach who finished as the runner-up in the Jack Adams race, a, quote, significant role in next season's team. But I think the latest reporting in the last half an hour or so before our show here is that Brunette is unlikely to stick around in Mm. Florida. And that's uh, a really tough spot for him to be in as well. Being the head guy for a prolonged period of time, by all accounts, the players really liked playing for him, and he's sort of been twisting in the wind here as the last few yeah. weeks went by. Can't get an answer on what his status is moving forward, and then all of a sudden they go out and hire Paul Maurice. So uh, I think Paul Maurice is going to be a good fit in Florida. I love his communication. Uh, I love his energy and his track record of success. Uh, you know, Stanley Cup aside, he's certainly been right there and has taken teams to the final before. So. Um, interesting, you know, choice for Florida and a, a dream scenario, as you pointed out, to enter. Speaking of the Winnipeg Jets, Mike, uh, one big addition to our trade targets board, and that is Blake Wheeler, the longtime Winnipeg Jets captain, the only holdover from the Atlanta Thrashers days. Sources indicate that the Jets have begun to uh, entertain and engage in conversations with other teams around the National Hockey League about the potential of moving Blake Blake Wheeler. Uh, this is a significant step for the Jets franchise. As I mentioned, he's been their stalwart, their point per game player, um, their leader. And now it feels like this is the first indication of some potential changes that we might see this summer for a team that, Mike, you and I both picked to win the Stanley Cup this year and <laughs> fell short. We're certainly uh, in the conversation of being the you know among the most disappointing teams this season, falling eight points short of the playoffs. As we mentioned, Paul Maurice stepped aside. They were never really able to quite get it going. And now in Wheeler, it, you know, I'm fascinated to see where this goes. What type of package could they get in return? And is it going to be possible to move that $8.25 million cap hit for each of the next two seasons Because, or in full, I should say, and the other interesting wrinkle here, Mike, is when you look at Wheeler, he has a full no-move clause. So he is in complete control of where he goes only until July 1st. After Mm -hmm. July 1st, then he has to submit a five-team list to which he would accept a trade 
But sources indicate to this point that Wheeler would be willing to consider potentially a team outside of that five-team list if there is a fit uh, for him and his career and his family. How do you see this playing out? You know, Is there significant interest in Blake Wheeler as a point-per-game play-driving winger that could be a missing piece for a contending team? I think so because he's still been consistent in his production. I mean, he's been point a game, slightly less than a point a game, and and it's not just the totals. Like it's what he brings to the whole package, Frank. He's a big body that can skate. He can push D back. He can play a half wall on a power play. He's got great hands. He's a much better passer than I think people realize. I think whoever he ends up with, if he doesn't stay in Winnipeg's going to encourage break wheeler to shoot more often. He's a better shoot. He's best when he's shooting the puck at volume. Um, but that $8.25 million cap, it's pretty big. So if you're a team that's missing scoring on your top two lines and some versatility on the power play, this is the type of player that can help you. And I think the term of it would help, Frank, because you have this year and next season left. It's not like you're taking on a four or five or six year deal. He is a little bit up in age. He did have injuries this year, but he has been historically healthy. So I, I think for teams that are trying to p- fill that role that have a bit of cap space, this is somebody I would very seriously consider because he's that type of total package that you don't get very often with speed, size, scoring, passing, leadership. I mean, it, it all fits the bill there, Frank. It's just finding the right fit. Yeah. When he's on, Blake Wheeler is an absolute beast. You mentioned pairing all those things up at the same time, that size and the compete level and the heart, uh, you know, He's certainly a player that is hungry to win. There's no question about that. Blake Wheeler debuting at number three on our trade targets board. You can see the full list of the top 30 now posted at dailyfaceoff.com. And Mike, as we mentioned off the top, the NHL awards were handed out on Tuesday night here in Tampa. Uh, fun little uh, little show with Keenan Thompson leading the way. We had uh, Austin Matthews sweeping both the heart and the Ted Lindsay as most outstanding player voted by his peers. So Matthews takes home the hardware, makes some Toronto Maple Leafs history. You know, we talked about this on the show yesterday, the 60 goal season that he had and how special it was. Were you surprised how lopsided the Hart trophy voting was? I mean, Matthews ended up winning in a landslide over McDavid. Yeah, I really was. You know, I think there's an awful lot of love for McDavid Um, and not just McDavid. You look at the other players that were deserving and received first place votes. But um, the, the, the importance of goal scoring. Like and how difficult it is. Like in the Ted Lindsay Award, it really shows through. The players all uh, just look to that as the benchmark of a great player and. It's not like anybody thinks Connor McDavid can't win 10 more of these Hart trophies down the road. It's just that this felt like a special year for Austin Matthews and you know, doing something in the goal scoring category that hasn't happened in 10 years. And it's not just that, man, his point totals, his assists were all there and his two way game was better than it's ever been. I haven't seen Matthews be this hard on pucks in a long time. And um, I do question, like I thought with McDavid, if it just was simply a byproduct of Edmonton at times struggling to be in the playoff picture this year. Whether that's right or wrong, fair or not for your player, we're looking at the Hart Trophy, it's most valuable to your team. And that has a lot to do with getting your team to the promised land, which they eventually did in Edmonton. But that lull, I think, may have hurt McDavid. I just think that these two are going to battle it out for a long time, Frank. And I think we'll also see even defensemen in the mix down the road too. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's maybe a little harsh to put the entire team and their lull on – 
McDavid. A lot of it was due to goaltending that they weren't getting at the mm-hmm. time. And even at their worst point in the season, they were never really a couple points out of the playoff picture. And it was only for a short period of time before they were able to get back in that third spot in the Pacific before they climbed the standing. So they started out as one of the hottest teams in the league. Then they went and finished off as one of the hottest teams in the league. I think that should also count in and weigh in just as much as the lull that you're talking about. Uh, but I waxed poetic about McDavid and why he was my choice for the Hart Trophy on Tuesday's show. Uh, clearly, voters felt differently, and that's exactly why we do vote quickly. Uh, were you surprised also at how close, maybe not a surprise at how close it was, but the fact that Roman Yossi ends up with more first-place votes mm-hmm. than Kale McCarr, and yet McCarr ends up taking home the Nars? Yeah, that was interesting. You know, I, Yomi, Yossi had 98 first-place votes to McCarr's 92 um, but it was really the strength of everybody thinking that Makar is one of the two best defensemen in the NHL, hands down, because he had 98 second place votes. So um, I, I really wasn't that surprised by it because I still think Kale Makar is the best defenseman in the league. I thought Yossi had the best year. Um, the, the number that was crazy to me, Frank, Victor Hedman got 142 votes for third. <laughs> like he was the clear cut third place guy, which is just funny. I mean, he's clearly one of the best in the league, but it was obviously a two person race between Yossi and Makar and, um, and more people just thought that Makar was clearly one of the top two in the league this year. Yeah, I heard it was like pulling teeth trying to get Victor Hedman to go to the awards on the off night mm-hmm. between games three and four and totally understandable because I think he saw it the way we all kind of did was this is a two horse race between Yossi and Makar and here he is probably likely finishing third. Do I, is this really where I need to spend my one off night in the Stanley Cup final at home? Uh, nonetheless, a good sport. Victor Hedman, he shows up. Roman Yossi, full marks too as well, uh, flying in from Switzerland to take home a second place finish in the Norris, surrounded by support from the Pred staff, including general manager David Poyle and coach John Hines, all of whom came to Tampa for the NHL Awards show. Mike, let's talk about goaltending. Let's dive into this Stanley Cup final battle between Darcy Kemper, Pavel Francouz, and Andre Vasilevsky in this week's edition of The Blue Paint. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
All right, Mike, this week's edition of the Blue Paint is delivered by DoorDash. I want to start with who is potentially starting game four for the Colorado Avalanche. Darcy Kemper was in the starters net at Amelie Arena for the morning skate. Yet Jared Bednar would not confirm Kemper as the starter, saying it's possible. But he also said the same exact thing when asked about the idea of Franco's starting game four on Tuesday. When you're a goaltender and you hear that publicly, that your coach, you know, let's put yourself in Kemper's shoes here. You have a, a game three in which you struggle. You allow five goals on 21 shots. You spend the last half of the game on the bench, probably not feeling too good about yourself. Reporters ask the question uh, on the off day, and, and your coach says it's a possibility that Francois starts game four. What does that do to your confidence? And do we make too much of that? Maybe just because if the goaltending coach or the coach himself is telling you that you're the guy after the fact, is it just gamesmanship or – do you need that vote of confidence publicly to feel good about yourself? It doesn't make any difference what Jared Bednar says publicly because I can guarantee behind closed doors, he's told Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francois exactly what's going to happen and probably yesterday, Frank. And and I would bet even after game three that Jared Bednar knew what he was going to do in game four. And to me, Darcy Kemper was going to be the answer all along. He's been the guy. He's been the starter for the Colorado Avalanche this season. And even though his numbers may not reflect to it, he hasn't faced a ton of workload and he really hasn't been called upon to steal games. Now, game three, that was a tough game for Darcy Kemper, man. Like there were moments where he lost his goalie courage. He goes paddle down on two net drives from bad angles. And then you see him down on his knees early twice on goals clean from the slot. You'll see Stamkos here a little bit later. A puck goes to the middle. Kemper's already down. The puck goes over him. That to me is the sign of a goaltender that's just a little bit over anxious. And so I, I don't have any problem with him coming out of game three. I think it was the right call in that moment to bring Pavel Francouz in because Kemper didn't have it. But I think publicly, Bednar can say whatever he wants because he has a good line of communication with his players. I've had Jared Bednar as a coach before. I know he talks to his players. And I think that within that locker room, everybody knows what's going on. He's just not showing his hand publicly. I always wonder what coaches gain or don't gain by by not showing your hand publicly. It's not like, you know, the Lightning don't know how to play against either goaltender or they're suddenly going to be changing their focus or their mindset if someone different is in net. I don't know. I always kind of chuckle. I think teams kind of galaxy brain that idea. But we just saw a few uh, clips of Kemper there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, wondering from your perspective, what does he specifically need to do better in game four? Well, I think that a lot of the stuff I touched on where he loses his goalie courage with the puck coming towards him, he's on his knees early. I think it just comes down to patience, Frank. And it's a hard thing to teach, but Kemper is an NHL goaltender who's had great success before. He knows that feeling. But I think walking into Emily Arena in Tampa Bay and, and the sights and the sounds and the intensity, it looks like it just got to him a little bit. And I'd really like to see Kemper stay on his edges a little bit longer. I'd like to see him make little adjustments to stay on angle. And really, that comes down to skating and details and patience. And these are things that you just constantly have to remind yourself in the back of your head of because you've been taught that as an NHL goalie. You just have to see it come through. Kemper played small in game three. He's 6'5". He didn't play like a big goalie goaltender have that in the back of your mind 
be big, take up space, stay on your edges as long as you can. I think those would be keys for, for, for Kemper in game four. Yeah, Kemper, this is exactly the moment that the Colorado Avalanche traded for him. Uh, they've used him as their starter all year. It would have been odd to see them go to Francois for game four, even though Francois has a perfect record so far in mm. these playoffs, and they have needed to rely on him at times with Kemper out with that injury. Let's flip to the other end of the ice and Andre Vasilevsky. Obviously, this is the moment he's here for as well. We talked about and set up game four. What's your confidence level on a one to 10 scale that Vasilevsky that we saw in game three will continue on in, in this series? Oh, it's it's at about an eight because I never want to go off the Richter scale for a nine or a 10, Frank, because you just never know. It's hockey. And it, and Vasilevsky didn't have a great game, too. You know, he allowed seven goals in it. And I think most other coaches or most other relationships probably would have pulled him from the net. Um, and I explained that in a piece that's out on Daily Faceoff currently, kind of what goes into the pulling or not pulling of a goaltender. But when I look at Vasilevsky's game in, in game three, he looked like he was right back on it from about the middle first on. Like he didn't look sharp off the bat, but his game got better as it went. And I think some of the big saves he made on JT Comfer, he had three of them that just to me were defining moments where your confidence as a goalie builds. And it reminds you that I do, I can do this. I've still got this under control because as the game went along, Vasilevsky went right back to himself and his strength, Frank, it's not just the mental resiliency, it's the physical and technical resiliency, and it's because it's built through repetition and hard work. This guy's on the ice early, he's on late, he works endlessly with goalie coach Franz Jean to make himself the best he can, and with those repetitions comes the consistency that we've seen in him and the ability to bounce back and trust in his game and his technique. Yeah, Mike, I was talking to a former Lightning player in the last couple of days, uh, especially before game three, and I said, hey, it sure seems like the bolts are cooked. And he said, I'm just not willing to bet against Andre Vasilevsky. I've seen him in all different circumstances and situations. Best goaltender in the world can't bet against him too early and certainly seemed to be right in game three. Thanks so much to Mike. This has been another edition of the Blue Paint. Uh, perfect to dive into goaltenders and to get that insight of what it's like to be a goaltender that plays for Jared Bednar and that line of communication and what it's like prior to a monumental game for everyone in game four. That has been the blue paint delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. DFODD if you're in Canada. DFODD US if you're in the United States. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. <laughs> Mike, NHL Awards Night, as we mentioned, was so fun. It's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag ask DFO. Love the joke from Keenan Thompson at the end saying, hey, at least someone from the Maple Leafs won something here in June. Uh, would have liked to have seen more color from Keenan Thompson at the end of the show. I'm told that they had a string of uh, pretty funny jokes planned at the end, just simply ran out of time as they were also uh, inadvertently booting someone like Igor Shesterkin from the stage in order to keep the show moving as he tried his best to speak in English. For you, what was the biggest surprise of the NHL award show? Well, you could look at like what we talked about earlier with McCarr winning or, or any of the other victors. I always love to look at the votes, though, Frank. And 29 NHL GMs voted for Igor Shesterkin. 
three didn't. And those other three votes didn't go to the second and third place goaltenders. Markstrom finished second, Saros was third. Neither of them got first place. Freddie Anderson in fourth, Andre Vasilevsky fifth, and Ilya Sorokin in sixth all got votes as the best goaltender in the NHL this season. And I'm just thinking, dude, like, how does that happen? Like, Shostyrkin just had the best season since Hashik. You know, this didn't make any sense, especially for them to leap over Markstrom and Saros. It's, it's just one of those anomalies that I was surprised by. Did anything catch your eye? Yeah, I think there's always a few and, and certainly would never slag anyone that's part of our Professional Hockey Writers Association that's turning in votes. Like, how do you go through the process and not have Roman Yossi as part of your top five? Or there were some people that also left Connor McDavid off of their ballot in the hard trophy race. Like, I just, I, I always appreciate everyone's, you know, want and need to be different. Um, I think that's why we vote. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. I have a hard time not seeing either of those two players in the top five of their respective awards. I just, you know, I think they were that good. They were, they seem to be undeniable in that aspect, but uh, we will be releasing the full ballots later today on the phwa.com. You can see every vote as part of our process and pledge to be transparent. And uh, at the same time, Mike, I guess that's kind of what makes it fun, right? Yeah, of course, man. And everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. That's the most important thing. And it's 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 a good discussion point. How many times you sitting around a bar and you're arguing over who the best player is and you think the person's crazy? And realistically, if you had a chance to grab McDavid or Matthews to your team, <laughs> how could you even decide? So I, I think it's just a fun argument. I'm glad to see it. And, and, and I like the transparency. I think it's important that we put our ballots out. Yeah, if we all thought the same, why would we vote? Let's bring in Tyler Yemchuk for our daily face-off, daily bet segment. Tyler, game four tonight, what do you got? First off, if I had a Hart Trophy ballot, Frank, it would go to you. I would vote you as my MVP for the season. Uh, I've been sitting season then. <laughs> I, I've been sitting in the same spot. I've not moved for 24 hours, doing nothing but researching Game Four of the Stanley Cup Finals. So let's jump into the three bets I have for the game tonight between the Abs and the Lightning. Starting with a simple one. We're rolling with the over in this hockey game. It's paying even money. It's set at an even six as well. I, I love this spot. Like it, the totals hit over every game so far. It's gone to at least seven goals in every game. So we haven't even had a push yet. So for the over to be the underdog in this, I'm all over it. I absolutely love this spot. I'm not going with a winner, although there's a part of me that does kind of like the lightning tonight. But the over, I think, is a tremendous spot. I also have a couple of player props for this evening's game, and I am going to start with an Anthony Sorelli point. Braden point is out of the lineup. Sorelli has points in two of his last three. With point out, I like Sorelli's chances of getting a point in this game. He's going to get some power play time. He might get some more offensive minutes as well. I think plus 110 is a really solid price for something that's hit in two of the last three games. So I like Sorelli to get a point. And I also like Miko Rantanen on the other side of this matchup to pick up an assist. It's priced at minus 135. All he needs is one assist to hit this bet. He's had multiple assists in three straight games. He's got seven apples in his last three games as well. Rantanen's been an assist machine. I think minus 135 is a very solid spot considering how much he's produced in that department. Rantanen assist, Sorelli point, and the over in this hockey game, Frank, rooting for offense. The over is the underdog. I love that. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that tonight. Uh, looking for a pile of goals in game four. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, what do you got? You touched on it a little bit, Frank, how the Angel Awards show felt like it got 
cut short at the ends, you know, we're trying to basically shoehorn it into an hour. Shishkin's yanked off the stage. Thompson can't get through some of his jokes. And you know what? I thought it was a really good presentation. I thought the NHL did a good job of including uh, people from various parts of our sport. But at seven o'clock Eastern time on a weeknight during the Stanley Cup playoffs, I mean, people are eating dinner in three quarters of the country and doing other things like I just felt like it didn't really do justice to it. I'd like to see it after the season's completed. I know there's reasons why this made sense and why to do it in Tampa Bay, Frank, but it just felt like it was kind of shoehorned in and an afterthought in some ways as far as the timing and just the presentation aspect of having that one hour at seven o'clock Eastern time. So I'd just like to see that change a little bit. If it's possible moving forward, I'm sure there's plenty of reasons why this was the right uh, fit, but I'd like to see it really do some justice to this and, and be able to present even more awards in person. Yeah, fair critiques. Uh, but I think in this case, this is the first award show that we've seen since the start of the pandemic. So A, mm -hmm. happy to just have it back period and B, yeah. Uh, there were some limitations in the schedule this year with how long the season went uh, and how we're off the normal, typical NHL schedule. Normally, the cup final is wrapped and we would have had the awards go right about now in a traditional calendar year. And they're planning on going back to a normal, longer hour and a half show uh, for next year, planned to be somewhere else, potentially Vegas again. Uh, where they normally do it. And in this case, they just had some limitations that they had to keep it to an hour. It was one yeah. hour hard out, uh, in which case, you know, you may have to do some unfriendly things like start to play music while uh, your eager Shesterkin uh, Vezina Trophy winner is trying to speak in English publicly for the first time. So full marks to uh, to Shesterkin and his, uh, his, his confidence to get up there and speak. Mike, I always try and put myself in his shoes. You know, I'm playing in Germany or somewhere and, you know, I got to get up and, and speak in German. I don't know that I'd have the confidence to do that in front of a room full of people. Even speaking English, it'd be hard to stand up in front of a room full of people and a live international television, television audience to do that. So uh, full marks to Igor Shesterkin and full marks to the NHL for getting the awards show back on track, even if it wasn't exactly what we wanted. I'm just glad it went off live. Like you said, having it in person um, and just overall, man, it just feels like this is what we should expect out of hockey. So that part was all positive, just little critiques to it. And I'm sure next year it's going to be way better and be way more, more it's be what we expect, you know? Totally fair. And uh, to see the emotional uh, presenters as well uh, and mm -hmm. the stories that tug on your heartstrings and wanted to give a shout out to Chris Snow and his family, uh, Kelsey and his two children who made the trip to Tampa for the award show. Uh, just, you know, I had tears in my eyes as we all stood to uh, give Chris Snow a round of applause as he continues his battle with ALS. Uh, what an incredible story and inspiration he is. That'll do it for today's edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, Mike. Oof, it was a long one. We had a lot to pack in there. Trade targets, everything else going on. Game four goes tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Puck drop. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Subscribe on YouTube. And until then, have a great day, everyone, and enjoy the game. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.